Greg Kelly. The latest breaking news and opinions. Entertaining and informative. Hey, um, Curtis Sliwa ran for mayor. You know what? He may become the mayor just yet. Uh, Eric Adams is having a total meltdown. Can't handle the job. He's been on uh, how long? Six weeks? Seven weeks? Already, he's fresh out of ideas. And what do you do if you're at no talent, no knowledge, uh, no integrity, uh, hustler like Eric Adams, and you're suddenly the mayor of the city of New York? You have no business being there. What do you do? You play the race card. Oh, man, that was wild. He said, all you reporters, all of you, you're all white. And you don't know anything about me, a black man. I'm a black man. I'm a black man. And all of your newsrooms, they're all black. He actually said this stuff. We're, we're working on it, right? You got to see it. It's hot stuff. Uh, now, actually, though, when you play the race card, especially in front of a bunch of white liberal reporters, guess what? It works. It works. So he was upset about how it was all covered, his trip to Albany. He went up to Albany. You know, that's what they do. Mayors go up to Albany. They ask for stuff, you know, and I guess... Uh, was there an argument? Uh, the reporters said there was an argument. It got heated. They always do that. Reporters are always like, it was a war of words. And then you actually see what happened. It wasn't all that, probably. So Adams is saying, eh, it wasn't such a big deal. But you guys made it seem like it was hell. And it's, uh, well, I, reporters have been doing that since, well, there were reporters. It's just, you know, I, I do not do that personally. I don't like exaggerating. I don't like I like reality is interesting enough. You don't have to soup it up. But a lot of lazy reporters do that all the time. So then he shames all these reporters for being white. And he says, I'm doing such a good job. But because you guys are white, you can't figure it out. So we'll get to that in a little bit. It's hot stuff. All right. So what's the deal? No war in the Ukraine. That's good because I wanted to. uh, I've got some plans this week. I'm going away this weekend. I also uh, there's a there's a post COVID party that's in the works. I don't want to have to deal or think about any war. U.S. and NATO. No evidence Russian troops have withdrawn. Oh, brother. Yesterday they were telling me that the troops had withdrawn. Now they're saying the troops are right there ready to fight. All this jerking each other around. You know, what's his name? Uh, Daniel. Biden wants to appear tough. Uh, Vladimir Putin wants to appear like a man of peace suddenly. Um, somebody said, I think it was Dick Morris, uh, Joe Biden is like the lion in the Wizard of Oz trying to uh, trying to show he's got courage when everybody knows he doesn't. He's a wuss. And Vladimir Putin is like the tin man, and he wants to show everybody that he has heart. Uh, that's actually pretty pretty bright. I have to say this regarding the situation of John Durham. Yes, I know. It's not exciting stuff. If, well, that's what they want you to think. It's actually, it's actually mind-blowing news, okay, that the president of the United States was surveilled by some civilian contractor with an axe to grind looking at presidential computers and trying to find dirt on Trump And delivering it, not to law enforcement, but to the Hillary campaign. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's in there. It's pretty wild. It's amazing. And remember, as amazing as this is, 
the fake news, they're doing nothing with it because, well, this is against their narrative. Can you imagine something like this coming to light with the Mueller probe? If they found out that uh, that Trump was surveilling uh, the a computer of Obama or there was even the slightest inkling of that, they'd go nuts because they went nuts all the time, didn't they? Cut 21. Unnamed sources are saying it ultimately benefited the Trump administration. Sources tell CNN there was constant communication during the 2016 campaign between Russian operatives and top aides to then-candidate Donald Trump. Citing two sources familiar with the matter. Intelligence officials with direct access to the information now believe with a high level of confidence that Russian President Vladimir Putin became personally involved in that covert effort to interfere in America's presidential race. You hear all that? One person familiar with the investigation, a source with ties to the matter, unnamed government officials, all that stuff. Yet, in the Durham report, it's signed by a guy named John Durham, who is the uh, who is the prosecutor, special prosecutor, appointed by the attorney general himself. Now, I fear he's going to get fired. I could see him getting fired by Merrick Garland, and you know what? The fake news would love it. They would say that's a step in the right direction. How are we doing with our Eric Adams stuff? Are you working on it? Oh, we're getting there. A uh, step in the right direction. Yet, if Barr fired Mueller... It would have been impeachment number four, three, four, something like that. It would have been uh, a constitutional crisis. It would have been the biggest story in the world. But this, they can get away with it. Oh, you guys are looking into what Democrats might have done wrong against Trump. We don't care. And 25 questions were asked at that press. Actually, 26 press conferences before it even came up. 26 questions at the press conference. And what did Deputy Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre say? By the way, the most important things to know about Karine Jean-Pierre. Number one, she's an immigrant. Number two, she's black. Number three, she's a female. Number four, she's a lesbian. Now, that's not important according to me. That's important according to her. She's made personal, like, homemade videos every one. She's like, I am a woman. I am an immigrant. I am a person of color. And I am a lesbian. It's a real, like, wow, okay, got it, uh... And now what do you have to say? Well, with her, it's never all that much. Cut 22. I refer you to Department of Justice. I can't speak to that from here. That's it. That satisfied the fake news. Oh, you can't speak to that from here. You can't speak to that, that that Biden may have received information from the Trump presidential computers. This really could have happened. It would have been a reasonable question to ask in such a forum. Uh, Now, what did they do to the press secretary under Trump about Russia, Russia, Russia? Do you remember this? Does this sound familiar? Sarah Huckabee Sanders, hopefully a future governor of Arkansas. She's running right now, but she was the first and I think, well, one of the best press secretaries to DJT. Cut 23, please. You guys seem completely obsessed with this while there are a lot of other things happening around the country. And frankly, a lot of other things that people care a lot more about. The media refuses to cover it. And I think that's the distraction. Instead of the focus being constantly on tax cuts and tax reform, my guess is if you look at the records, the questions that I take in here day out have far more to do with an investigation uh, that, frankly, most Americans don't care too much about and a whole lot less to do with policies that actually impact them. She was right. Americans do not care about that, not because 
Well, why didn't they care? I think they had this fundamental gut sense that the Russia, Russia, Russia was fake news. They just knew it. I remember I was at a party in December of 2019. This is when the impeachment articles, impeachment number one, came down. I was in New York City. I wasn't in Missouri. I was in New York City. And there were a bunch of reporters there even. And guess what everybody wasn't talking about? The impeachment of Donald Trump. It was kind of wild. I was semi-interested in it. I brought it up. and People looked at me like, uh, oh, yeah, what, what? You know, they were just talking about everything else but the impeachment. Even they knew. Even the fake news knew it was fake. It was fake. And now that we got something really concrete, we have this Durham filing. And I'm telling you, there's stuff in here. You got to take the time to read it. We've been talking about it this week. But a a tech executive was mining data from computers and servers in Trump Tower. We already had an inkling of that. In the Trump building on Central Park West, which I think is the old Gulf and Western building where Jean Georges is. It's right there at the southern tip of Central Park West. It's right by Columbus Circle. Beautiful building. I'm glad that they refurbished the old one. Because I remember that as a kid. It's also in the beginning of The Odd Couple. Uh, Those two locations and the executive office of the president. The New York Times is trying to lie, saying that, oh, there was no indication that Trump computers were mined. Excuse me, it's right in the stinking filing. All right, it's right there. Now, (laughs) the fake news when it comes to this insider stuff, and I know it's insider. A lot of it does sound like gibberish. Well, that's what they specialize in really when you think about it when you turn on the tv can you ever really understand what the hell they're talking about i mean especially when it's on this kind of stuff now back in the run-up back during the russia investigation here's a conversation of a bunch of fake news reporters on msnbc good luck following this okay take a look this is russia gate gibberish cut 27 if you look at all of the contacts, we know that they started contacts from the Russian government where they asked for this synergy at a government level, started in 2015. They, of course, continued with this June 2016 Trump Tower meeting. At the, at the same time, uh, in August, or just after that, in August, Paul Manafort was meeting with Konstantin Kalimnik, who, of course, we know is a Russian intelligence agent. And then they con- they continued through the transition when Sergei, Kis- when Sergei Kislyak was meeting with Mike mm-hmm. Flynn. and he was a former and the Russian president, ambassador to the that, United that, States. That's right. And the president's son-in-law Jared Kushner said, so if you, you're the special counsel, you're looking at, you're looking at a, a long timeline of outreach from Russian government officials, Russian intermediaries, Russian intelligence assets to the Trump campaign. Hmm. Did you make out what the guy was talking about? Um, there's one thing in there that was interesting. Kislyak was allowed to speak with General Flynn. He was the incoming national security advisor. And look, I know it's technical. Um, now, that was beyond. They were deliberately trying to confuse you. And now that it's a bit more straightforward, and now that we're hearing that a tech executive shared data with a Hillary Clinton lawyer who then presented this data with the FBI, and it was fake data, what do they think of it now? So that was uh, three years ago, four years ago on MSNBC. Let's go to this week, same channel, Morning Joe and his loving sidekick, Mika. What do they say about the Durham filing, which is a genuine bombshell as opposed to all the fake news they've been pushing for the past 20 years? Cut 26. I spent reading through this stuff 
reading through Durham's indictment seriously. I don't know for hours who wrote that because it was gobbledygook. There weren't dates. You sent you said they're going, wait a second, did this happen? Gobbledygook. Who the hell says gobbledygook like that? Gobbledygook. Uh, and there are dates, actually. September 2016. I think it was September 12. There's a date right in there. Joe? He was spent, re- spent hours reading it. It's pretty straightforward. They don't want you to think it is. They're not going to talk about it. When they do talk about it, they'll try to confuse you. Donald Trump was spied on. He was. And that deprived us all of, quite frankly, his full-time services. I mean, they sabotaged the guy. Hell, we'll be lucky if we get him back. I'll be right back. This is The Greg Kelly Show. Hello. Uh, So... We'll get to Eric Adams and his self-love and delusion in just a moment. I think I just heard Sid Davidoff say that, oh, he was elected because he could fight crime. No, he wasn't. You know how many people voted for Eric Adams? About 220,000 in a city of 8 million. He was the black guy with name recognition. That's what happened. And the fake news gave him a pass, in part because he's black. They did. Ask Andrew Yang. They gave him a tough time because he was Asian. I really, I, I've, I've seen it myself. What did he say? How did he embarrass himself now? Let me hear it. That was really unfortunate. And what I saw in the papers and in the news today. Really unfortunate. And if this is how this is going to be, then I'm just going to come in, do my announcements and bounce. Oh, wow. Bounce, huh? He's so cool. Now, why is he so upset? He's upset because the reporters aren't black. He actually says that. And he says, I want to know what your news newsrooms look like. Hey, jerk. One of those newsrooms for some asinine reason that we don't fully understand yet endorsed you, the New York Post. Now you're going to play the race card. What else? I'm trying to figure out, do you guys already write the stories before I do something and just live out what you have already written? I'm going to stop doing off topics because if you already have your perception of me and you're already going to stick to what you think I am, I am, then why am I doing this? All right. Now you got the rest where he starts talking about race. It gets ugly. It gets ugly. Go ahead. You know, let me say this. And, you know, I'm not saying it out of hate. I'm saying it out of love. I'm a black man. That's the mayor. But my story has been interpreted by people that don't look like me. We got to be honest about that. How many blacks are in the editorial boards? How many blacks are determined how these stories are being written? How many Asians How many East Indians? How many South Asians? Everybody talks about my government being diversified. What's the diversification in the newsrooms? So everybody go back with their predispositions. And my role as mayor is being interpreted through the prisms of your realities and not mine. Wow. Sorry about that. I guess you got to be black. You got to be just like Eric 
to cover him, to write about him. What a horrible thing to say. And this early, he's, he became mayor last month. And quite frankly, the press he's received has been mostly kiss-ass coverage. Look at the New York Times. This is the 75th article I've read about this guy being a vegan. And his health routine and his zen and his meditation and all that junk. I don't care. And neither do you, neither do we. You just heard Joan Hamburg? She's not kidding. She's advising everybody she knows to stay off the subway. There is a real job to do, and this guy can't do it. Even if he had a good heart, which I doubt, he does not have the ability. He does not have the intelligence. And here he is. Picking on a bunch of white reporters who make $40,000 a year. How dare you question me? How dare you ask these questions of me? Any more? Yeah, there is. It gets even worse. Go. If you want to acknowledge or not, I have been doing a darn good job. What? And we just can't live in this alternate reality. Speaking of alternate realities. I I was blown away when I picked up the papers today. Oh, sorry. It was not yet another headline story about your veganism or your physique or how you're a crime fighter. No, we don't believe you anymore. We know better. We all know better. I always knew, but now everybody else is catching on. Seven cops shot in six weeks. Miss Lee stabbed 40 times. And you want a pat on the back from the newspapers? Try some other city, Eric. Quit now. You know what you got to watch out for? Um, trail mix. It's basically candy. They put a couple of nuts in there to make you feel like you're eating something uh, healthy. But uh, if you look really closely, they got little peanut butter chips and chocolate cups in there. And that's why trail mix is delicious. Um, all right, Donna's on the phone from Queens. Hi, Donna. Yes. Hello. I love your show. Thank Hi, you. Greg. Hi there. Yes, you're on. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. How are you? Okay, I'm fine, thank you. I love your show. Thanks. Anyway, I called to tell you that I back you up on what you said about Eric Adams. You are 100% right. I worked for Curtis Lewa in the campaign, and... I told everybody that uh, Eric Adams was a racist, and boy, did he just prove it. I can't believe what he said, although I should. I mean, I said that he didn't really like anybody, and I was right. Yeah, he loves himself. He loves himself. He does um, love himself. um... I met him one one time when I, you know, he didn't know who I was working for. And when I asked him specific questions that the news media had said, you know, that he had said, he never gave me a definite answer. It was always, well, I'll think about it. I don't know. He never said, I don't know. But, I mean, I just felt he was such a phony. And, boy, did he just prove it. Yeah. He has done He has done nothing. He has been in power for a month and a half. And you would think, since they always said that he was going to win, that he would have everything planned out when he came into office. He had nothing planned out. It is terrible. You know, you raise a good point because he got the nomination in June, uh, early July. So he had six months head start. Now, yes, he had the general election fight with Curtis, 
And that was a real fight. But given the situation, many people favored Adams because of Democratic registration. Anyway, he could have been using that time and he didn't. And he didn't. He squandered it. All he wants to do is eat sushi and hang out and wear sunglasses and, you know, get to meet Jay-Z at a party. Wow, I'm the mayor. You know, he's having a good time. The city is going to hell. Donna, thanks a lot. Let's see here. Uh, Christina is in New York. New York. That's kind of general. Where in New York? Hi. 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 Where are you? Up in Westchester County. All righty. Uh, welcome to the program. What's on your mind? Well, everybody's talking about everything. What are you laughing at me for? What's going on at the skies? Anybody looking at the skies lately? A bunch of us here have been watching, and there's all kinds of planes flying. They're all white. They're all coming out of the northeast, and they're leaving trails in the sky. And they're clouds, and they're getting, and they grow, and they expand. What the hell? You mean, what, during the day? Yeah, like right now. Well, we, uh, people are taking pictures and they're expanding. And what do you uh, mean they're, they're expanding? What is expanding? Are you not okay, talking about those? Gonna... You're not talking about those flights with the illegal immigrants, are you? No, I don't know about those. No, these these are leaving clouds. They're um, well, they're called contrails. No, how how high would you say these planes are? They're high enough where they're not being picked up on radar. Quoted to one of the weathermen here said that what the hell are you talking about? High enough not to be on radar. You mean low enough, right? No. Okay, he's got an app, and there was a plane. Say it was flying from Newark to New Hampshire, and it came up on radar. So, and these other planes are up higher, and then it says no data. I've got the same. I've got the same app. You know, you got private jets flying all over the place. They don't necessarily have uh, data that's on the radar. I wouldn't worry about it. Who's this weatherman who's making you all worried? Is it Mike Woods? No, 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 no. He's not. But truthfully, everyone is watching these planes, and and we're getting cloud cover from wherever these streaks were made. Yeah. um, I don't uh, know. All right, Christina, thanks for calling. I don't know what to tell you. I don't think there's a problem here. I think you might be imagining it. Uh, let's see here. Anthony is standing by. He's in the Bronx. Yes. Hey, Greg. Nah, good to talk to you. I watch your show at night. I listen to you during the day. Thank you. Um, you know, while I was waiting, uh, you were talking about Eric Adams. Uh, what a fraud he, mm. he is. I, I'm surprised no one could see through it. I mean, that's going to be the narrative for the next four years is black and white. I mean, we're never going to get anything done ever. So well, when are we going to have a show called Whitish or a, hist- a White History Month? But anyway, I didn't call for that. The only time I really hear about black and white is when I hear the politicians talk. It's ridiculous. The real reason I called was because as soon as you mentioned the word Clinton, your radio show went dead for two two minutes. Now, I tried uh, going to different stations. They were on, but you went silent. Oh, come on. You sound like the other lady. You sound like you're watching these planes and getting... Crazy ideas. Watch this. Testing. Ready? Hillary Clinton. Clinton, 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 Clinton. All right? Anthony, can you still hear me? Am I still on the radio? Oh, well, your station went dead. Oh, it so. did not. Come on. We're st- you're still hearing me, everybody. I'm on the radio. Okay. Well. All right. I think it checks yeah. out, Anthony. Don't worry about it, all right? But uh, keep your eye on that, Hillary. Thanks for uh, listening and watching. I appreciate it, pal. All right. One more. We got uh, Yehuda. In Manhattan. Yes. Who is this? Hi, Greg. 
You, yeah, you warned us about Eric Adams. When I you know, called up and said he'd, be, he'd probably be the best Democratic choice, you warned us against him. Yeah. This is reminiscent of when Barack Obama was elected. And he said one month into his presidency, if if I don't accomplish what I need to accomplish with the economy, this will be a one-term presidency. And then about a year and a half in, when things were not working out in his favor, suddenly he's like, it's about me being black. So I would say if we can apply that here, too. Eric Adams is in action, and things are not working out, and he's... You know, on the sidelines, having fun, as you as you point out, and then the city is going to pot. So that's that's his best excuse because he has no answer for you know straighten it out. You know, nobody likes the press, the reporters. They can be annoying, but he's getting great press, and for him to lash out this early, and here he is again, Yehuda. This is him slamming white reporters left and right. I couldn't believe it. Cut nineteen, please. Cut nineteen. You know, let me say this. And, you know, I'm not saying it out of hate. I'm saying it out of love. I'm a black man. That's the mayor. But my story has been interpreted by people that don't look like me. We got to be honest about that. How many blacks are in the editorial boards? How many blacks are determined how these stories are being written? How many Asians? How many East Indians? How many South Asians? Everybody talks about my government being diversified. What's the diversification in the newsrooms? So everybody go back with their predispositions. And my role as mayor is being interpreted through the prisms of your realities and not mine. Problem. Uh, You know, if Eric wants to say that stuff and be Al Sharpton on the sidelines and, uh, race bait and you know there's he's done that all of his life i guess it makes it's totally logical that he would continue to do it some of us some of you were hopeful that he might mature i knew it wouldn't happen and here we are hey yehuda that's an interesting name what kind of name is it it's it's, uh, the hebrew version of judah you know uh the hebrew name yes 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 uh understood from the from the bible Bible, jacob had 12 children and uh judah was the fourth child so that's the Excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, what else? What else? What else? You go to Temple every Sunday, uh, Saturday? How does it work? I go to Temple three times a day. Three times a day? Yeah. Wow. 7 o'clock in the morning, in the afternoon, and then in the evening again. When do you find time, uh, you know, to uh, to live? I'm sorry. I mean, no, that, look, I love I'm looking the... for it. <laughs> I, I know. I'm... No, it's a great tradition. You know, my wife... Uh, her family, all modern Orthodox. So, uh, yeah, oh, wow. yeah, I know. And some people uh, get upset that uh, it's, you know, she's one religion, I'm another. Don't worry about it, everybody. We got it all figured out. All right. I'm the king of the castle. The king. How am I? Am I good? All right. I got one more. Thank you, Yehuda. Uh, Brett in Staten Island. Hi. Hey, Greg, I got a question for you about um John Doran, and he came out and said that there's evidence that Hillary Clinton was spying on Donald Trump since 2014. And my question is, why would she be hacking into his computers and spying on him way before even Donald Trump knew that he was going to be running in 2016? Well, a couple of things here. Number one, they did not use the word hacking. Hacking suggests that they broke into the computers. Uh, that was not alleged. Uh, the uh, individual, Tech Executive One, as identified in the filing, actually had access. It was part of his job so he could mine this data because he had access to it. Um, And as a technician, he had access to data going all the way back to 2014. 
but it's only alleged that he looked for dirt on Donald Trump. All right. That's the allegation that he looked and mined data that was derogatory to Trump. So it didn't say anything about Obama. He, he, he just had access to that. And they portrayed the data that they had as dynamite stuff. Right. They told the FBI, oh, this is dynamite. The lawyer did. Oh, this is dynamite stuff. But they didn't provide proper context. All right. They didn't say that. Actually, it's all routine. <laughs> Actually, some of this data that we're trying to portray as hot stuff is routine, and it goes all the way back to 2014. Um, it gets complicated, but uh, Hillary, we know that, uh, well, we strongly suspect, all right, her hands seem to be all over this. Stay tuned. Uh, Brad, I urge you to read the complaint. Uh, not the, you can read the indictment, and you can also read the uh, the filing. And if you read that filing and you can find it on the Department of Justice website, you'll know more than all the fake news because they don't even have the patience to read this stuff. It's a pain. It's a little bit technical, but uh, check it out. It's only about 13 pages. The crucial part is two pages. All right. The crucial part, the executive office of the president was mined by tech executive one, allegedly, to find data that would undermine Donald Trump. And the funny thing is the data actually doesn't undermine Donald Trump, but they portrayed it in a way that it would. So uh, check it out, Brett. I thank you. And uh, uh, what's the deal? Oh, wait, we've got one. Uh, uh, Jeffrey, we've got two Jeffreys. I want the Jeffrey in New Jersey, please. Yes. Hey, Greg, how you doing? Good. Uh, thanks for my call. I'll be quick. I know it's the end of the show. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking about the anti-crime unit coming back. I spent a uh, full career in NYPD, retired as a lieutenant. And spend eight of those years in anti-crime. Two things have got to happen. Bail reform, okay, that means that needs to change. And uh, qualified immunity. You're not going to get these cops to go out and do proactive police work, okay, unless those two things change. It's not going to happen. They can sell it all they want, but the cops are not going to go out there. And they're not going to do it unless they back them up, okay? I'm telling you right now. And that's my two cents. Well, look, I mean, qualified immunity, they need to have that. You can't take risks, for yourself and for the city, if you're going to be sued personally, that makes I mean, you just can't put cops in that position. Qualified immunity has been around for a long time. It needs to be reinstated. Hey, the other thing is this anti-crime. You know, Eric Adams gets a lot of credit, got a lot of credit during the campaign and still gets a lot of credit. Oh, he's going to bring back the anti-crime unit. You know how he's going to bring it back, right? The cops are going to be wearing hats that say NYPD. They're going to be wearing shirts that say their name and they're going to have body cameras on. So everybody will know there are cops. And that's not anti, that's not anti-crime, is it, Jeffrey? That's not an anti-crime unit. That's the opposite, isn't it? No, it, absolutely opposite. You're 100% right. Okay, it's not going to work. It's a facade saying he's going to do it. You need to get the anti-crime, the street crime unit that was, uh, you know, out there for years taking thousands of guns off the street. It's thousands amazing. Illegal guns yeah. from criminals. It's, it's amazing. Put them in jail. He got away with it. He sold so many people. A bill of goods. So many people wanted to appear virtuous. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to vote for this attractive black man. Look at me. They didn't bother to do their homework. All right. I got to go. I'll be right back. Stay connected 24 seven. Join the conversation like 77 WABC on Facebook. You know, I'm uh, I'm glad I don't have cable anymore. I cut the cord. We cut the cord. We moved to a new place and no more cable. Who the hell needs it? Yes, I get my Newsmax. I get uh, 
I get everything I need, but I don't need most of those channels. And most of all, I don't need Showtime. Showtime. That Homeland uh, with Claire Danes, who was always having a nervous breakdown. What else was on Showtime? Uh, was that House of Cards or was that another channel? No, that was another channel. They had Dexter, that interesting uh, show. Somehow they made a serial killer like the hero. Television is a great big waste of time, I'm convinced. This, this. Oh, have you seen this show? Have you seen that show? Oh, it's so good. Really? It's so good. <gasps> you got to see Walking Bad. Oh, my God. It's so good. Have you seen The Good Dad? The Good, what is it? Walk, good, good Men? Walking Men? Uh, mad Men. I know, that's like 10 years old now. All those damn shows. Who could keep up? Who wanted to keep up? And nobody I've ever seen has seen a show that I've seen. Have you seen, uh, have you seen, oh, what's a good show that I've watched? Two years ago, I watched a show called uh, The Restaurant. It was Swedish with subtitles. I felt very sophisticated. And I actually did enjoy it. And guess what? Guess what happened? It was really interesting. It was about a restaurant, and a family owns the restaurant and all the drama and this and that. And there's this one guy. He's got more problems than anybody else. And I thought, wow, if only this guy could, you know, reach out to God, I think it would really help him. Anyway, it just crossed my mind, and that actually crosses my mind quite a bit in life and when I'm watching TV. And I don't watch TV that much. But anyway, I'm like, why don't they? And guess what? By the end of the series, this guy finds God. And not in a way that Hollywood makes it look. You know, they always try to make Jesus look ridiculous. They do. They always try to make Christians look silly. Quite frankly, they do this often to people of the Jewish faith as well. All right? They really portray people of faith negatively. Oh, and you know who did it again? Uh, Showtime. That's why I brought up Showtime. They have this new horrendous documentary. It's called Everything's Gonna Be All White. Get it? Everything's going to be all white. And it's, uh, well, it's a bunch of racist, anti-white junk. Cut 30, please. I think what annoys me most about white people is when they pretend like they're the victim. (laughs) What's also annoying is when they, you know, when they kill us. And that was said by a college-educated, attractive black woman. And I looked up her background. Uh, She has nothing to fear from the police, I know, but they want to create... The filmmakers here want to create that notion. They want to stoke it, stoke fear, fear of white people, fear of the police. By the way, I looked it up. Everybody who works at Showtime, (laughs) senior executives are white. They go from a show like Homeland, which Saturday Night Live made fun of because guess what? White people like it. Things that white people like. Ha, 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 ha. They're such nerds. This everything's going to be all white. On Showtime gets even worse. Cut 31. White people can burn down a city after the Super Bowl, and they're called unruly fans. White people can riot at the Capitol without fear. But let more than five black people gather at a barbecue in the park, and the riot police will roll up on horses like it's the planet of the apes. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Thank you. So it's doing so much to uh, to heal this nation, this Everything is going to be all white. It's horrible, racist junk. Oh, and it's it's sacrilegious as well. Now, they have white people in the documentary who purposely play idiots, right? They play it as dumb as possible, like this guy. He's a stereotypical Italian man. 
with a tank top on, and he's Catholic, and he's praying to the cross, and uh, I don't know what this is going to sound like. I know what it looks like. Let's let's do it. Cut 32, please. Thank you, white Jesus. I know that you would never let me down. Amen. What? What? Who did this? Who did this? No black Jesus. No. My Jesus is in the moon, Jan. He's got brown eyes. What the f***? What's that hair? All right, so he's Jesus on the crucifix, his cross, it changes from white to black. And then they do this whole thing, 10 minutes on, oh, Jesus was black. Uh, now, I've heard this uh, discussion before. It totally misses the point, by the way. I would assume that Jesus was... Uh, uh, you know, Israel, Middle East, probably did not appear. It doesn't matter what he looked like. It doesn't freaking matter. You can talk about that to your. And that's what they want. Things that divide us. Not the beautiful message. They used Christ as a wedge issue. Isn't that awful? You should tell Showtime how you feel about this. Well, eh, come on. It's not worth it. It's easy to avoid Showtime, right? Let me see here. Ooh, Lou's got something to say about Showtime. Hello, Lou. Hey, Greg, how are you? Good. Uh, I watched your show last night, and the first thing I did this morning when I got up was I called my cable provider, canceled my Showtime. Really? Thanks for doing that. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but listen, you we spoke about a, a letter-writing campaign. I've done the same thing with Coca-Cola, CVS, drugstores, Jeopardy, uh, American Express. You gave me the uh, the impetus to, to do that. Did they write you back? Uh, a couple did. Uh, but mo- I heard from their public relations department. I went right to the top, to the CEOs, so... One other thing. Last week I was on your show and I said uh, I wasn't going to watch the Super Bowl. Uh, I yeah. ended up watching it 56 years in a row, whatever. Yeah. Uh, didn't watch the halftime show. But I said even when I was in Nam, we went in in Humvees. Yeah, I knew. You you helped me out there. Oh, I knew. I knew you misspoke. Humvees. I knew it. I knew it, Lou. We're good. Right, Lou? Yeah, I was on a two and a half ton and five ton. I and, get it. And I get it. You're the real deal, Lou. Call back soon. I got to take a quick break. Thanks, Lou. Testing. Does it work? Everyone's saying the station's been hacked. I mentioned Hillary Clinton and we went dark for a couple of seconds. Is that true? It sounds kind of fishy to me. I don't think that actually happened, but some people are complaining. Uh, We had a small technical snafu at uh, the TV show last night. Uh, Somebody sat on the wrong button. It happens from, well, (laughs) it happens too often, but it happens. It's all right. It's all right. So, uh, all right, folks, you are in New York City. It is February 16th, 2022. Eric Adams has been mayor since January 1st. And already, I guess he's worn all of his ties. He's uh, tried on various sunglasses. He's gone to all the restaurants. And uh, what else is there to do? Uh, You know, he didn't become mayor to do any work. You know that, right? I mean, no, work is hard. You got to know stuff when you work. No, 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 that's not what he's in it for. He's in it for the fun and the exposure and ultimately the money. 
So uh, since he has no talent, since he has no skill, since he has no knowledge and no integrity, what's he going to do in the meantime? Hmm? He's going to play the race card every single day. It was always being played, but it was small, a little bit more discreet. Now he's just full on, yeah, I'm black, you're white, you don't get it, I do. It's, in- it's incredible. He said that this morning. You ready for this? Uh, give me cut six. This is really unfortunate. And what I saw in the papers and in the news today. Really unfortunate. And if this is how this is going to be, then I'm just going to come in, do my announcements and bounce. Oh, he's going to bounce. He's going to bounce. Don't do that, Eric. It's even cool when he's angry. I'm going to bounce. All right, here's where it gets explicitly racist. Next, 19. You know, let me say this. And, you know, I'm not saying it out of hate. I'm saying it out of love. I'm a black man. That's the mayor. But my story has been interpreted by people that don't look like me. We got to be honest about that. How many blacks are in the editorial boards? How many blacks are determined how these stories are being written? How many Asians? How many East Indians? How many South Asians? Everybody talks about my government being diversified. What's the diversification in the newsrooms? So everybody go back with their predispositions. And my role as mayor is being interpreted through the prisms of your realities and not mine. Wow. He wants only black people to write about him, huh? Only people of color to write about him. Hey, actually, there are more black people in those newsrooms than you think, Eric. But we get your message. We get your racist message. You only want people of color writing about you. How about this? Do you only want people of color voting for you? Hmm? Maybe that could be arranged. What the hell are you talking about, man? It's time to grow up. You got a big job. You're a small man, but you have a big job. And you're blowing it. This is as good as it's ever going to get for you. How about giving a damn and making the most of whatever modest ability you have? Next. If you want to acknowledge or not, I have been doing a darn good job. And we just can't live in this alternate reality. (laughs) I was blown away when I picked up the papers today. You know who was blown away? Those cops in Harlem. And six other cops in the six weeks of your mayoralty. You're talking about your not overwhelmingly positive press, although it's been pretty good. The day after that woman is knifed to death by a psychopath, out career criminal out on the street. And you're patting yourself on the back saying you're a good mayor and only black reporters should be telling your story because they're black? Are you insane? You know, you just might be. And the most pathetic part, perhaps, of all of this, Eric Adams playing this race card, this bigoted man, guess what? It works. It works. He's intimidating the reporters. They backed off. They backed off. 
They're not asking him tough questions because they just got lectured. Give me more. So I say that to all your owners of your papers, your editorials, diversify your so I can look out and see people that look like me and say, we're going to write stories based on the prisms that we have, based on the prism of this young man, based on the prism of being the first black woman, that's the speaker, or Jamani Williams, based on the prisms of his realities. It's not what we're getting. That's not what we're getting. And that's why I'm covered the way I'm covered. Yeah, you are. I'm not comfortable with it. You're not comfortable with it. Ooh, that's one hell of a word, right? You go into HR and you say, I'm not comfortable with how uh, Sam treated me. I'm not comfortable with how Lisa, what she said to me. You say you're not comfortable with something. That's putting it all down on the table. I'm not comfortable. Dems fighting words. He's not comfortable. Hey, I think he said himself, if he wants to be comfortable, he could have stayed in bed and smoked his weed and wore his uh, fancy white outfit. Does anybody remember that? I do. Back when he called uh, the NYPD superior officers crackers. Back when he called people who were questioning his ability to be mayor. If they happened to be black, he was calling them Negroes. His word, he said it. Boasting about how he was going to get one-third percent of the cut. And now he's got real power. And he doesn't have a damn clue how to use it. What's next? And it happens over and over and over again. Over and over and over again. And folks, this is frustrating. It's really frustrating. You wouldn't want my deputy mayors and team to distort the reporting of how we run in the city. Then we need to stop distorting the news. This guy's got bigger problems, don't you think? He's complaining about the tabloid press. Get used to it. (laughs) You're in the public eye. He's just not smart. It's a problem. He's just not smart. You got to be savvy. You can't just come up with five slogans, repeat them over and over, grin, and expect that you got it made. I'm getting a little tired of this. Is there anything else? All right. Go, uh, give me one more. So when you write stories, you're not writing stories for people who was almost homeless like me. Who was almost homeless. You're not writing stories for people who were arrested and beat by police officers. You're not writing stories from those who are dealing with high crime. You're writing from your prisons. And I'm not saying this to attack, but my administration is going to be about saying the obvious that other people are uncomfortable with saying. Discomfort is growth. Uh, Discomfort is growth. Hey, just take care of the freaking job, huh? And just do it. Don't lecture us. All right? This is, it's pathetic. You're embarrassing yourself. You really are. He said he was blown away by the negative coverage. People are getting shot. People are afraid to ride the subway. You've got homeless people and derelicts everywhere. <sighs> uh, it's it's kind of disgusting. Hey, didn't he say he was the Biden of Brooklyn? <laughs> I guess he wasn't kidding. This is the, uh, as my friend Mark said, this is the uh, equivalent of, come on, man. Remember when Biden would say that? Come on, man. Um, 
Oh, and then he said something about appearing with black people, uh, right? Doesn't he have that cut about where he appeared with Andrea Cousins and Carl Hesty, and we're all black together? Play the first one on the list, if you don't mind. This is kind of interesting. Uh, if you got it, go ahead, go. That was really unfortunate. Nah, it's not that one. He basically said, look, I, was, I, I met with three black people in Albany, and we talked, and we're all black. Like, as if that's interesting. As if that's different, as if he invented it. Hey, this is New York, all right? It's not special. It's unique. We're all we're all here. We're all New Yorkers. White, black, eight. Who cares? Get on with it. This guy. This guy wishes it was 1985. And Howard Beach had just happened, and he could go walk across a bridge with Reverend Al and make a fuss. Yeah, that's what he wants. We're past all that nonsense. Right? Right. Oh, you found it? All right, here he is. So this, I would submit to you all, is not a big deal. But Eric thinks he's a hero. Why? Because he just showed up and he's black. Hey, Eric, it doesn't matter. Black mayor. Black speaker. Black majority leader. I don't believe it. Coming together. (gasps) And talking to each other. And if you would have turned on the news this morning, you would have said it was all hell up there. Uh, People don't turn on the news like you think they do. All right. I didn't even know you were in Albany. All right. Nobody cares. You're not the freaking president of the United States. Doesn't work that way anymore. Okay. We got 90,000 channels to choose from. We got. 50 trillion web pages to go to. We're tweeting. We're Instagramming. We don't give a damn what you're doing. Just get the gut. Get the job done. All right? <sighs> I feel better. Natalie, how do you feel? Natalie is calling from Suffolk County. Yes. Hi. How are you, Greg? Um, I feel that when I saw this guy for the first time, I just see shyster. I never felt like this, and I knew nothing of him, but when I laid eyes on him, I'm like, that guy, I don't trust him at all. I don't think he took this job to be a mayor. I think he took this job to, again, aggravate people like he took his police job. He's going to push this race issue. That's going to be the plan of his mayoral uh, term. He hasn't, that's why he had no plan. And yeah. he's not going to have a plan. And I, that's what I see. I mean, it's just so obvious. Now he's in the, in the mayoral office, and he's got his suit on. And how many times, how many times everything he says, me, I, yep. my city, me. Natalie, you got it all figured out. Now, we do have some hope here. We got to get Kathy Hochul out of there. She's terrible. She's just, she's kind of like him. She's like a softer version of him. She's just thrilled to be the governor and can't believe she's the governor. If she had the power to remove him, she would never do it in a million years for a lot of reasons. Most importantly, the issue of race. All right. She's not going to do that. You know why? They'd call her a Karen and then she'd melt and just totally uh, become a quivering mass of protoplasm. And just she'd be nothing. She'd be killed by that. So she can't do it. She doesn't have the guts. She doesn't have the power. She doesn't have the know-how. We need somebody, and uh, we need, you know what the hell we need? We need a Republican governor. I'm not officially endorsing anybody, but we need a Republican governor. Uh, oh, it's commercial time. I'll be right back. Talk Radio 77 WABC.
You want to hear the fake news um, not covering the Durham probe? <laughs> you know, they've got, they got so much going on, right? they got Ukraine. They've got um, uh, Joe Biden's gibberish. You know, there's, there's a lot going on. They couldn't possibly find time to cover the Durham probe. That indicates uh, the Hillary Clinton campaign may have received information from people who bugged, surveilled illegally Donald Trump. While he was president, they couldn't possibly cover that because they got to cover this. I mean, this is the real news, right? Uh, this is this week on the news, the evening news. Remember, we used to watch. Uh, well, Cronkite was too. Uh, that was way before my time. But what was uh, the, 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 the Dan Rather, Chancellor, later Tom Brokaw, Frank Reynolds, Peter Jennings. They're all dead now, well, except for Tom Brokaw. Um, so the whoever's anchoring those news now, those news programs now, who is it? Uh, <laughs> all right, hold on a second. I know this. I know this. I know this. Uh, Channel Four, um, Lester Holt, Channel Seven, uh, the guy, the pretty boy with the hair, and Channel Two. Uh, I don't know, but she looks like a mannequin. Anyway, here they are. Doing the news this week as the Durham report was a should have been a big story. What did they focus on instead? What did they have time for? Cut 29. Finally tonight here, the young florist who had an idea for Valentine's America Strong. A couple leading the charge to restore a resort town that was once a paradise for many African-Americans. What better way to end this Valentine's Day than a sweet story about a mother's love for her child and cookies? Cookies. Take those cookies, and you know what you can do with those cookies. Tell the people the truth. Hmm? As Trump said, you do a lot better with your ratings if you just told the truth. You do a lot better. Greg does a great job because he tells the truth. And none of them do the fake news. Actually, I'm losing the accent a little bit. Um, it is so what? Uh, now, Hillary Clinton, by the way, there should have been 5,000 reporters outside of her house. Instead, there was one. From a website that you should check out. It's called the UK Daily Mail. It's one of the best news gathering operations in the world. And they had a reporter outside, um, I think it was Chelsea Clinton's daughter's apartment, where Hillary goes a lot. Remember when she fainted when she was running for president down at the the World Trade Center? Uh, She went to Chelsea's apartment to recuperate. Anyway. Instead of 500 reporters, there was one from the UK Daily Mail. And what happened? Cut 28. Hillary, Laura Pollins, Daily Mail. Did you pay to spy on the Trump campaign? What are you going to comment on the spying allegations, Hillary? Did you pay for to have them spied on? <laughs> so we really do know that Trump was right. He was spied on during his campaign. And now we know during his presidency. And early in his presidency, he took to Twitter back when he had Twitter and he said this. Obama had me spied on. Wiretap Trump Tower. They found nothing. This is worse than McCarthyism. He was right. He ultimately was proved right. He was proved right. When it comes to Trump, remember this. Are you ready? Cut 24. Ultimately, I'm always right. It's true. Ultimately, the guy is always right. 
And uh, when we come back, I'll show you how the fake news hates that about him. It's pretty funny. Uh-oh, there's the music. Uh, give me a second. Don't let me go down and get any more snacks. And somebody tell the banana guy, no more bananas. Too many bananas. And no more trail mix. Although they can bring all the frosted flakes they want. I'll be right back. Sometimes entertaining. Sometimes serious. Always compelling. This is Talk Radio 77 WABC. Ay, ay, ay. Ay, 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 ay. There he is again, Eric Adams, giving another speech. What the hell is up with this speech? What is this speech? He's been on TV for 20 minutes giving a speech. Why is he doing a speech? Why? It's always talking. Talk, talk. Hey, host a radio show if this is what your bag is. But you know what? Actually, no. It's not just talking. He's looking at himself. He's looking at himself in a, in a uh, what do they call those things? I should know. In a, not in a monitor. It's a special type of monitor, a feedback machine. He can see himself, and he's moving his head. Just like somebody who can say, like, look at this. I look great. I am moving my head, and I'm making such great points. Look at me. I look great in my suit and my tie. Wow, here I go. I'll look a little bit to the left. Now I'm going to smile. Why? Oh, investing in the blueprint to end gun violence. Ready? Helping youth stay on the right path with futures. Okay. Oh, yes, this is really going to do it this time. We are going to invest in a summer jobs program. Mentoring. Tutoring and other important services. And they've been doing that since World War II. Okay? <laughs> he doesn't know. He doesn't know anything. That's a real problem here. All right. I want to put him out of my mind for a moment. And I want to, uh, once again, acknowledge that President Trump is, hes you know what? He's gifted. He is a gifted individual. This is what the left can't understand. They can't figure it out. They'll never get, he's different from most people. He's got this incredible intuition instinctively. He just gets it. And I've heard this before. And if you've ever been in his presence, when he, when you're talking to him, it's not just he's listening to you. He's got all kinds of things he's picking up on. He's taking in your entire energy. He's sizing everything up, not only that you, but how others are reacting to you. He just has this other kind of there's something special going on there. So Trump says. Early in his presidency, he accuses Obama of having him spied on. And guess what? Turns out he's right. Turns out it actually happened. According to the Department of Justice, in newly filed papers by the special counsel, John Durham, it's accurate. He is. And what did the fake news? Do you remember this? When he said, I'm being spied on. I was spied on in Trump Tower. He tweeted that. The fake news went thermo Nuclear ballistic. Cut 25, please. Bombshell. President Trump's shocking and evidence-free claim that President Obama had Trump Tower wiretapped before the election. President Trump still offering no proof to support the unprecedented and inflammatory accusations he made on Twitter this weekend. This whole story, let's be honest, this whole story is such BS. He's a proven troll. Even by his own standards, the president leveled an extraordinary accusation against his predecessor. These are among the most incendiary charges ever made in the history of our country by one president against one of his predecessors. And I think they're destructive to our democracy. Oh, destructive to our democracy. When have we heard that? Hmm? Sounds familiar, right? Everything Trump has ever done is destructive to the democracy, right? You've heard that, huh? 
You know what that all sounds like? Whenever Trump talks about the election, they use the same terminology. Without evidence, baseless, astounding, a bombshell allegation, no proof. He's always right. He's always right. He really does. It always. Years ago, I was studying this guy. It was, when the hell was this? 2010 or 2011? 2011. 2011. 11 years ago. So I was on the Good Day show. Remember that with Rosanna Scotto? And every year we put on this uh, Halloween special. And I got really into it. I would write the, write a little skit for all of us. And uh, the costuming was very important to me. I'll tell you why it was so important, because one year I let the boss do it, and the boss had no plan whatsoever other than to make us all look ridiculous. And a man in my position cannot afford to look ridiculous. What movie is that? Anybody? It's Godfather. Waltz. Anyway, I did look ridiculous. I do blame the boss. This was That was all the way back in 2008, and I said, you know what? I'm never going to let that happen again. I will come up with the plan. I will do it. I'm not going to let anybody else do it because, uh, well, and I'm actually, I thought I might have a knack at it, and I did. And I started creating these pretty, pretty interesting, fun skits. And one of them, uh, President Trump, back in 2011, was making a lot of news, remember, uh, questioning where Obama was from. And you may remember that Will got married. Will and Kate got married. So I came up with this uh, skit that Rosanna and I go to the wedding as New Yorkers. We go to the royal wedding and we disrupt it. And all of a sudden, in walks Donald Trump and he starts laying down some, you know, Donald Trump totally gets out of control and breaks up the wedding. And I was the I was going to play Donald Trump, and I'm studying him for weeks. Like, how do I, you know, what is it about him? There was a core to him that he couldn't figure out. I'm like, what is it about this guy? What is it? There's something, and I was doing the voice, and I had the voice down pretty good, but I, I just needed something more. And I'm like, what is it about what this guy says? There's something interesting about it. And a friend of mine told me, he's always right. It's always true. And it's true. Whatever he says, there's always there's exaggeration. There can be uh, hyperbole, of course, but the essence of it is true. So I remember the line. I'm like, I I I, do, I bust into the wedding, and I'm like, first of all, no offense to the to the prince because I love English. I love the English. I have a terrific relationship with the English. I recently sold a building to an English. I did very well. The English himself was, well, he was not good. He was a nice guy, but he was a bad businessman. And quite frankly, he was slightly effeminate. And But uh, nice guy, I did very well. And let's face it, I like England, but I don't, I don't love it, you know? It's, uh, let's face it, the food sucks, and the weather is terrible, you know? And uh, so, anyway, like, that is, that's him. You know, he's right. He's always right. Does that make sense? I think I got the essence of the guy down. All right, hold on a second. Uh, let's go to the women. Anne in Pennsylvania, hello. Thank you, Greg. Listen, I'll make it quick. Uh, it is true that Take your time! Can what? you hear me okay? Yeah. Can you? Okay. Your yeah. broadcast did go dead, oh and my. it's been happening 
since 2020 during controversial subjects like Hunter's laptop, election fraud, and it goes dead and then it comes back. And I think Kazimatidis needs to investigate your hardware, software, wherever it is, and because if they can surveil a sitting president, and Trump didn't even know about it, they can intercede in your airways. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. If they can do it to a president, they can do it to me. But let let me just make sure about a couple of things. Are we sure is isn't your radio? Is it your radio, perhaps? What kind of radio do you have? No, I have a radio that's plugged into the – I'm on my cell phone now, but I had you on the radio. Where do you live? I'm in Pennsylvania. Well, East that's Stratford, far. But I'm a native I'm a native New Yorker, Greg. Yeah, but I mean, you're already raised in Washington Heights and the Bronx. I know the streets. So when I hear the stuff that's going on in New York, it's heartbreaking. And guess what? What? When I tell people about it, they don't believe it. And I ask my sister, I don't have regular TV. Did they report this on the news? Did they report that? They haven't talked about the Durham report. Last night I was over there. I watched the BBC News to see what they were talking about. And they were focusing on Prince Andrew. Yeah, it's amazing. I tell people things, and they just don't believe it. And that's why the country's going down the toilet. Because unless it affects you directly, see, I'm in a rural area. I'm far from the maddening crowd now when I left New York in 2015. But I know the streets of New York, and I know it's going to take at least five to ten years for that city to thrive again. Fortunately, Sliwa did not become mayor. And I know that you have to report about Adams, but the best thing to do to Adams is ignore him because he wants attention so badly. Ignore him. Well, and I love everything you said, but here's the deal. Here's why I'm not going to ignore him. It's it, – let me – let me. how do I put the – I have to apply pressure on him. There are some people who are kissing his ass right now. I'm not doing that. I'm applying pressure, all right? I am criticizing him. Metaphorically, I'm abusing him about the face and breast, chest, neck, and head. And I feel like we all should do that to get the best out of him. Does that make sense? I'm keeping my fingers crossed. All right. Hey, what's it like out there in the more, What's it like out there well, in the country? What, what is it? What do you do all well, day? Well, you know, I'm 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 cut off. Do you, you know, uh, live on a farm? No, I, I have a two acre wooded lot and a private house in a very quiet area. Nice. So I don't get good reception like with TV. I have to go through the main cable station here, but they're a bunch of thieves. They have a monopoly. And do you have I a pool? A penny of my money. Do you have a pool? No. <laughs> The 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 uh, I'm in a gated community. They have a pool. Oh, but I good. Don't go in it. Why not? <laughs> because I didn't get vaccinated because I couldn't get the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, which is the one that I wanted. I called everywhere. Wait a second. They won't let you in the pool because you're not vaccinated. No, I won't go into the pool. Hey, let me ask you this: Who are you voting for for the Senate? Are you following that in Pennsylvania? Um, I'm a registered Democrat, but I'm I stopped being. I stopped voting Democrat um, after everything that happened with Trump. Can I ask you to do something? Everything is. Yes. Look into Dr. Oz. I like the guy a yeah, lot. I know about Dr. Oz. Yeah, he's I running. The, I know. He's running for know he's running for Senate, and he's running as a Republican. And uh, I like him a lot. He's a good man. He's a great man of uh, tremendous talent. And he really wants to. He really wants to do the right thing. He wants to make a contribution. And thank you so much. Be careful in the woods out there. Okay. Greg. Right. Yes. One more thing. Mm. Read everything that Whoopi said 
because she said things about white people killing a bunch of white people. That's what the Holocaust was. And nobody reported on that. Go back to the transcript. She got an easy pass. Wait a second. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, for, Whoopi, Whoopi said something that was wrong. It was about race. It definitely was about race. There was a racial, definitely a race, racial component, big component to the Holocaust, right? She also said it was about white people killing a bunch of white people. And then she made a, a derogatory comment, like, just let them go at it. Nobody talked about that. So that's what I'm saying. You know, don't believe me. Go back to the transcript. No, you're you right. See that she said that. You're right. And I will take a look. And some, so, so often we allow people to tell us and frame the argument and frame the debate for us. And they decide what it's, it's so valuable to go back and look at this stuff for ourselves. And thank you. I'll check it out. And uh, so with that being said, um, I should tell you guys. That we're painting our house right now, and we got all kinds of strangers in, and they're taping the place. And uh, guess what? Guess what? Can't have babies when they got the fumes all over the place. So we put the babies. Oh, it's very distressing. I slept. We. Oh, I don't like being away from those two kids. It's been one night, and I don't like it. You know, I used to see these custody battles. You know, this is back when I was single, and I'm like, what the hell is the big deal, all right? A visitation once a week, that's fine. Once a month, that's enough. I was like, why do these people get so contentious with each other? Now, by the way, my wife and I are totally together in love, all that stuff. It's not that. But I can see why people go crazy if they're separated from their kids. Uh, it was one night, and I'm like, I ju- it just it feels very unnatural. I don't like it. It's for their own good because of the paint and the fumes and, you know, all the all the issues you have when you're painting the house. But I uh, well, maybe we put the plastic up or something or put them in a plastic bubble. Who remembers the boy in the plastic bubble? I love that. I love that movie with John Travolta. And guess what? John Travolta fell in love with his mother in the movie and they became a real life couple. And then she died a couple of years later. It was very sad. John Travolta uh, also, by the way, worked in a paint store in Saturday Night Fever and then went on to become a very accomplished pilot. He's the one celebrity I would love to meet someday. I saw him once in in uh, in a room. I saw his late wife, Kelly, actually. And guess what? She saw me, too. (laughs) I just... I, 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 you know, I, anyway, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but she seemed like a really nice lady. All right. Oh, shoot. I got to go. Be right back. Entertaining and informative talk for New York. Streaming now on your smart speakers. Play 77 WABC. You know, let me say this. And, you know, I'm not saying it out of hate. I'm saying it out of love. I'm a black man. That's the mayor. But my story has been interpreted by people that don't look like me. We got to be honest about that. How many blacks are in the editorial boards? How many blacks are determined how these stories are being written? How many Asians? How many East Indians? How many South Asians? Everybody talks about my government being diversified. What's the diversification in the newsrooms? So everybody go back with their predispositions and my 
role as mayor is being interpreted through the prisms of your realities and not mine. Wow. All those reporters need to apologize for not being black and cool like Eric, huh? Apologize because you don't see the world through the same prism as he does, huh? What in the hell kind of racist nonsense was that? Hmm? You know what? It's big. It's a big, it's a sign of big trouble. All right. Here's a guy. <laughs> he has no other tricks up his sleeve. He has no managerial tools. He knows nothing about policing. That was all a con job. All he's got to play, it's one card, the race card. And he's playing it. What did that Shapiro guy say from the bottom of the deck? Oh, wow. Really, really, really wild. I knew it. Uh, I'm not surprised. At the same time, I'm a little shocked. Not surprised, but shocked. Does that make sense? Somehow it does to me. All right, I got to go across the street in a couple of minutes because I got to get the Newsmax show ready for tonight. It should be pretty good. Oh, tonight, I'm going to have on Tara Reid. Know who that is? Tara Reid accused Joe Biden of sexual assault, sexually assaulting her in the early 1990s. Now, unlike um, Christine Blasey Ford and a lot of other uh, accusers that have been embraced by the left, she went to the authorities right away. Right away. And her mother called Larry King live and told him all about it. And we have that tape. And I think she's telling the truth. But you know what? It doesn't really matter. I mean, if we stop the country for three days to listen to Christine Blasey Ford, who had no evidence whatsoever, and Tara Reid has a lot of evidence, I think we ought to listen to her more, don't you? And what's it like for her to see Joe Biden on television every night? The man she accuses of sexually assaulting her, huh? I want to know. I also want to know, John, uh, Bergen County, what's up? Hello? Now I'm going to skip you if you don't start talking. I can't have these obscene phone calls. Are you heavy breathing? Are you thinking about me? What's going on? All right, never mind. Uh, Sam in, uh, in Queens. Sam? I think Eric Adams and his brother. Just a minute. Yeah, Sam, hold on a second. I got to put you back on hold. All right, Sam. I got can't call every single day. I'm sorry about that. Susan in Brooklyn. Yes. Okay, Greg. um, I want to steer the conversation. I mean, I'm just nauseous about um, a lot what's going on with um, with Adams. But I want to steer the conversation. You mentioned we have to get rid of Hochul. Yeah. And um, I really believe if you know. Donald Trump went over uh, like 90 percent of the counties in New York state. It's mostly the urban areas. And I think with a dynamic candidate like um, Andrew Giuliani, really any of them. But I really think that he has something special and that he sat with uh, Donald Trump and knows, you know, a lot about the um, executive orders. And I, I think that if he goes into the urban areas and talks about what a uh, what he could do as governor for school choice mm. and uh, education that that he, that he could because I guess he needs about thirty three percent. I don't know. Listen, Andrew Andrew Giuliani's walking around the station. I think right now. I hope he wins. I like that guy a lot. I also like Rob Astorino too, uh, and that guy on Long Island. Uh, they're good too. All right, Susan. Uh, I'm sorry. I got to take a few more. Thank you so much, Gail in Cortland Manor. Yes, hi. 
get to the hi, Greg. I'll yes. get to the point. Please. Okay, Eric Adams. Uh, in the beginning, I was trying to give him a chance. I really was, but now he needs to address the elephant in the room. What is it? It's the fact that. Black people comprise 11% of the population, but they're responsible for most of the crime. He has to address that, and he's deflecting. It's a good thing you're on the phone right now because you could be canceled for even thinking something like that. Gail, you're 100% right. All right? You are correct, uh, and no one wants to talk about it. No one wants to deal with it. It is a huge problem, and uh, no, and he's the least equipped to deal with it. I'm sorry. Gail, thank you very much. Louie, Mark, John, Tony, Gail, Rachel, the rest. I got to go. See you tonight on the Newsmax channel at 7 o'clock. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.